0: Uh, My name is Anthony Solana, Jr. I'm the founder of Four People of Color, Inc. Uh, Nonprofit started about two decades ago focused on helping uh, primarily pre-law students gain admission to law school. I am so excited about this panel focused on the nonprofit and public interest sector. Uh, Just esteemed colleagues that I deeply admire and respect uh, are gonna be presenting to you. Uh, uh, Extreme uh, colleague and, and, and friend from the East Coast, Jose Perez, with Latino Justice Pearl Def. he's the deputy general counsel at Latino Justice Pearl Def will be the moderator for this panel i may jump in here and now again to uh to ask some questions but he will be taking the lead uh i won't get into an extensive uh discussion of his background which is uh which is amazing and and, and inspiring uh, but if you're interested uh Jose Perez was actually our first speaker in a speaker series uh regarding uh attorneys First generation underrepresented attorneys, and you can listen to that on our podcast, uh, the FPOC podcast, and you can search for that wherever you listen to podcasts. So, with that, Jose, I'll hand it over to you. Thank you,
1: uh, Anthony. Um, I'm assuming it's still morning out on the West Coast, but it's uh, um, it's uh, midday. It's actually uh, midday. I'm in uh, actually Boulder, Colorado today, visiting my son. So um, I, I came a little. I wanted to be a little closer to y'all on, on, on the West Coast today. Um, it is my pleasure to um, join uh, Anthony and for people of color in this very distinguished panel of public interest uh, uh, lawyers who are here uh, to give you some useful tips, talk about their journeys and paths um, during their um, legal education and careers. Um, joined uh, at, or at least on my screen, all the way at the far end is uh, Marissa Hernandez Stern, who is a supervising deputy attorney general with the Workers' Rights and Fair Labor Bureau in the California Attorney General's office. Uh, Marissa is um, a 2010 UCLA School of Law graduate. So I'm assuming that's part of the Anthony Solano connection there. Um, uh, uh, Next to Marissa, at least on my screen, is Irina Trasovan, who is a Deputy Attorney General in the Civil Rights Enforcement Section at the California Attorney General's Office. Um, uh, Irina is a 2012 graduate of UC Irvine School of Law. And then uh, to uh, in the middle on my screen is Fabian Renteria Franco, an assistant federal public an assistant public defender with the federal public defender's office. Um, Fabian, Fabi, you prefer Fabian or Fabian? Fabian. Okay, um, is also a uh, UCLA School of Law, two thousand eight grad. Again, another connection to Anthony on the West Coast. So our 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 panel. Just by way of background, I am a 1985 graduate of St. John's University School of Law and lifelong career, public interest, government lawyer for the past 37, going on 38 years. Our panelists um, have had distinguished, varied careers, and I'm going to get right to it in terms of asking them uh, questions here. Um, first question. So, do you all remember what positions you held way back when, when you were in law school, um, Marissa? And so, um, um, uh, I'm going to start with you. What posi- What did you do? Uh, what did you? What did you? What were your initial summer employment positions while back in law school?
2: Sure. Thank you, Jose, and um, good morning, good afternoon to everyone. Just small thing, Marisa, uh, Marisa. not Marisa, okay. <laughs> the, the long battle on that throughout my life, but um, so my first summer, I externed um, for Judge Harry Pregerson on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, the judge who I uh, ended up clerking for, and my second summer, I was with public counsel here in Los Angeles uh, with their um, immigrant rights uh, project. I think it might have changed names, so those were my two positions.
1: Okay, thank you, Mar- Marisa. Um, uh, Irina, next, you.
3: Thank you, good afternoon and good morning, everyone. Um, so I, I decisions are not my strong suit, so I wanted to do everything and there were so many cool opportunities. Um, didn't have much of a network, so I did a couple jobs both summers. I worked at the ACLU for my main summer job, my first summer. I also did some uh, work at public council that summer and some work as a research assistant. My second summer, I uh, worked for Hatzel Stormer, which is a private civil rights firm in Pasadena, and then also did some more time at public counsel and as a research assistant.
1: Okay. And last, but certainly not
4: least, Fabian. Fabian. Yeah. <laughs> Fabian, exactly. Oh, yeah. so then for me, um, I my first summer, I did a, a judicial externship with uh, Judge Reinhardt of the Ninth Circuit. And then my second summer, I did uh, I worked at Public Advocates, which is in San Francisco, doing impact litigation work in their education division providing them support. Okay, thank you. And just quickly, um, I
1: will relate in terms of my first summer. um, I ended up doing, um, I couldn't secure initially a paying summer job. And so I wanted to have, like, I think like Irina, I wanted to kind of do everything, learn, get like practical experience and put on my resume. And I ended up doing a clinical externship with the New York City Law Department Corporation Councils. It was like actually learning legal practice in, in um, handling cases that are brought against the city of New York. So I actually did that um, for my first summer while um, earning academic credit. So I, I got my legal experience um, and I got credit at the same time, even though I didn't get paid necessarily, I had to pay for that experience, but there. Um, so um, I guess going back now, each of you, what did you, What do you recall? What did you learn from those experiences? And again, um, you know, how and, and how those experiences, again, I'm going to jump ahead, but this is kind of a two-part question. How those experiences influence you into subsequent decisions you made for post-grad employment? So this time, Irina, I'm going to start with you. thanks um Thanks.
3: I think the very first thing I learned was how much I didn't know. I think a lot of us come to law school um, having been good students or worked hard um, and worked hard in school, and it was a very humbling experience. So I I think the first step was learning what I didn't know and then really opening up my mind to learning all of the foundational skills. that were necessary to to do well at any internship it didn't matter whether it was going to be a government internship or a private internship or a public one um but yeah i think the the biggest thing that i learned was uh research research and writing skills really developing those and practicing those and building building up writing skills as if i'd never written before um that was probably the biggest thing and uh, asking questions because i think uh, the secret to kind of doing well at an internship for me was working up the courage to ask questions about where to look for something so i, I think the biggest skill you can develop is knowing where to look not what the not knowing what the answer is but just knowing where to look for one um and and i think that informed how i chose my classes after my first summer and how i did everything else kind of leading up to searching for jobs um and as far as how that informed my future prospects, it was really about being in a space where you had a community of of lawyers who were supervising you that were willing to supervise you and mentor you and really seeking out those, those um, teachers in our profession that would help uh, build you up and develop the skills that then you can use to build up the next kind of group of lawyers coming behind you.
1: Okay. Um. Thank you. Yeah, I think, I, again, I, I share that similar, not learning what I didn't know. Um, again, the, the position I held with corp counsel um, was like kind of a pretrial unit, but just learning New York civil practice with the rules of discovery. I had not yet, as a, a first year, I had not yet taken any civil practice, uh, at first year Civ Pro, but not like civil actual practice or evidence or rules of that and discovery. And so really learning um, I was very fortunate that I got that externship. Um, Fabienne, what about, what, what do you recall? What, what did you learn from your experiences and how did that impact or influence you going forward?
4: You know, I wanna, I wanna go back to what uh, Ms. Palma Solana talked about at the beginning when she said, these are ten, 10 things you should think about. I think one of them was spinning your wheels. It was the first summer, you're thrown into chambers, you're trying to help the law clerks, but you don't really know criminal law because you really haven't done much aside from these cases in your first year. And then they throw you into, for example, for me, it was a Hades Corpus case that the judge had already had an initial draft of what he wanted to do. And I was like, I don't know any of this. And so you got to start learning it. And also there were moments where quite frankly, yeah, I was spinning my wheels and, and a lot of it was a little bit of uh feeling that I couldn't ask questions that I needed to have it together. Uh, but at the same time, I think from that first summer, I learned for the second summer to just be better at knowing exactly what is the scope of the project, what is the scope of the task, and how to be able to better um, uh, manage it and to understand what I'm trying to do, but also to feel that I had some much more of a voice and to be able to ask, mm-hmm. I want to learn and do XYZ this summer at Public Advocates, and for them to know, okay, he wants to do this, let's see how we can fit him in this summer and some of those projects that maybe will kind of influence or help them understand and whatnot. But I mean, I'll say that in terms of the long-term effect of um, or impact it had on my future career, I would say I worked on a hebes corpus my first summer as a judicial extern. I ended up doing hebes corpus work for five years doing death penalty work. And so it just, there was kind of a connection that was built on from that. Yeah, I
1: noticed that in looking up your background. So if we say connecting the dots, right? That you ended up like, you know, pursuing a, a position at, in, actually engaging in that type of work, so pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, uh, Marisa.
2: Sure, Um, so similar to Fabian, my first summer during my externship, um, it's very research and writing intensive, which I imagine a lot of you all may be doing, and I think one of the things that that was impressed upon me, um, wherever you're working, is that no task is too small, so anything from blue booking to taking on, you know, a draft motion, whatever it is you're contributing and your what you're contrib- what you're contributing is important, I think is really important to remember. And I think that's always been helpful for me in my practice. Um, And asking questions. The thing that I tell my students all the time is that I know these things quickly because I have the benefit now of, you know, more than a decade of practice. That's how I've accumulated all this knowledge. And it's okay that you don't know a lot of things. It's important to ask those questions and really important, even if you vaguely know something like, oh, I kind of remember doing, talking about that in civil procedure. If you vaguely remember it, it means that you don't know it, and there's nothing wrong with not knowing, make sure to ask. Just say, you know what, I kind of think I know what you're talking about, but is it this? Or can you please explain that to me? Um, And that's the best way to learn. I still do it in my own practice. There's nothing embarrassing about it. I would say what's more embarrassing um, that I found is when you have your pride, and you do it, and then you don't do the assignment that you were asked to do. And then again, asking for feedback um, this summer and what I did in my own and what I continue to do in my practice is really important. I think that your first summers in particular, it's a very iterative experience and that's how I also view practice um, that you're constantly learning. And so for me, I've taken that into what I do, especially my externship. My first summer led to me clerking for the same judge. So long-term that's how that played out, Um, but like love of writing. It's one of my favorite things to do in practice. A lot of what we do is decided on the papers, unless you're a trial attorney. And so having that love of practice and asking questions and asking for feedback, do not be afraid to ask for feedback. That's how you learn and grow.
1: Thank you. So we have a question already from the audience, and I guess it's, it's what, again, based upon some of your comments, and the question is, to have, did you specifically target research, uh, I guess, being a, law, a judicial intern or research assistant positions, again, in terms of wanting to, you know, learn or improve your writing? I mean, how much is there? Because I think, again, they're um, going to throw that open to the panel, is, um, you know, Uh, Not all positions, obviously, if you're in a judicial internship, I think working with a judge or a law clerk, you're going to have more opportunities. But some positions, depending with government, with a public defender, other nonprofit public interest positions, you may not necessarily have those opportunities. Panel, what do you think? uh, How would you answer uh, that that question?
2: I think a quick stab. So uh, outside of externships um, with judges, which I'd highly encourage you all to think about even during the academic year, think about um, other clinical experiences or classes that you may take that focus on research and writing, because those can be few and far between in law school. Um, And not to put um, Arena on the spot, but I was an associate at uh, her firm. And you can think about particular firms that do a lot of motion practice or heavy civil litigation firms that I think might expose you to more uh, research and writing opportunities. So um, I might suggest that.
1: Thank you, Marisa. Um, anybody, uh, Fabienne, Arena, any further comments?
3: Just one quick thing I would add, um, I, I think a big thing about your internships is, yes, it's building your research and writing skills. That's obviously really important. Um, and some places will give you more opportunities for that than others. But um, I think the, a really important thing is building your relationships in law school with people and getting to know people. So one of the reasons I really wanted to do the research assistant position was not just for more research and writing experience, but because the professor that I would be working for was a really cool professor that I liked and she did research on discrimination and colorism and all of these issues that I was interested in. potentially for future work, but really just things that um kind of fueled a passion for me. And if you law school is hard, the legal profession is hard. If you can find ways to be in this space and love what you do, I think Marisa said that earlier, the for the love of the work. Um, and it, it makes everything easier and you perform better. Um, the other piece of it is that it's a very small community. I, I don't think I realized it before right now, but I feel like Marisa and I worked at like all of the same places at some point. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, meeting people and getting to know people is really important for um for doing in particular, I think it, all of the work in the profession, but in particular public interest, social justice work. Um, and uh the last thing I'll add is I did a semester externship um with a judge, um, and it was a bankruptcy judge. And a lot of times this goes back to know it like recognizing there's a lot you don't know. Um, I didn't have any interest in bankruptcy whatsoever and my friends kind of made fun of me for wanting to do an externship with a bankruptcy judge uh, but for me I figured that the people that I want to help in my in my work later are not going to be Bank of America or Chase or any of those places that have a lot of access to high power bankruptcy attorneys but they're going to have bankruptcy issues I don't need to know enough bankruptcy to solve their bankruptcy issues, but I need to know where to send them to solve those issues. And having a little bit of exposure, working for a judge gives me that. And so I think it's really important to keep your mind open to opportunities because those foundational skills, although they are very important, you can learn them in lots of different spaces, but building community and building kind of not just your resume, but your like mental like um, universe of what the profession is and what it looks like so you can help people in the best way is, I, I think, really fundamental.
1: Thank you, Irina. Fabienne, uh, anything else? No. Um, so again, we've talked about, again, these. Um, uh, I mentioned internship, uh, summer judicial internship, clerkship, um, a, a research assistant position with a professor. Um, um, uh, were any of these positions that you received funded or did you get paid to do that I wonder like or is to do you recall was funding available or was this all a kind of clinical internships is how what would you advise current students again seeking to secure you know, being able to uh, um, um, uh, funding to be able to support oneself. I remember like, again, I did that internship. I got my job back waiting tables in her Spanish restaurant down in the village because I needed to make money and, you know, have income. And also I got to eat at the restaurant. I was very important back then. So how do you, what, what, did you were, you, were you able just, were you able to secure paying positions or some type of public interest funding or stipend from school or other sources? Fabian, I'll start with
4: you. Yeah, I mean, I think for my judicial externship, I had no funding. And so a little bit was just based on the savings I had done throughout the first year of law school. I, I come from a background that I try to skimp and save as much as I could, and that helped pay for the first summer. And it was it was tough. Um, I also moved back home during that first summer. Now, during the second summer at Public Advocates, even though I was going to school in Southern California, I moved it to the Bay for that, that uh, internship, there was, uh, Uh, The law school provided a stipend for that summer and that stipend definitely helped. But what also helped was that um, I have a lot of family who lives in the Bay Area and and one of them was kind enough to let me sleep on the couch. And so and that's how I saved money. Um, And also, I was able to apply for um, summer justice works to get also a small stipend from them that helped kind of alleviate some of the costs. But I mean, I think things have changed dramatically. I mean, this was back in. 2005, 2006, I think there is a larger, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I do hear there's a larger pool of some law schools and outside organizations providing some, even if it's nominal, but it helps. Everything helps for the summer. And I think that's a good sign, but I still think there's more. For example, in our office, unfortunately we don't provide any stipends or any money to our summer interns. We just can't, but we do help them in terms of applying, if they need letters, whatever they need to try to get money from another nonprofit or another organization or AmeriCorps or their own law school, we will help them in all ways possible.
1: Yeah, thank you, Fabian. Uh, Marisa.
2: Um, So similarly, my uh, externship my first summer was not funded, um, but now UCLA and I understand many other schools that's covered under public interest summer funding. So some schools, not all, um, might cover that experience. And my second summer, similar to Avion, it was funded um, through the law school through the public interest grant. So that um, obviously helps substantially. But I will say for students that are thinking about judicial externships, um, apart from what your school may offer or or not, there are other funding opportunities. For example, if you're interested in the summer, the ABA has the Judicial Internship Opportunity Program, JIOP, um, which uh, provides um, a scholarship as well as a placement in chambers. Um, so there are a number of other funded opportunities like that. You do have to, um, you know, do do your homework and seek them out. But there are some possibilities for those.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, Irina, how, how did you? Was, was your um, do schools or professors when they you get these research assistant positions? Are they paid or are they purely volunteer?
3: So the research positions were paid actually, which was another perk of doing doing a research position. It wasn't much, it was probably minimum wage at the time, but it was you know hourly pay for about 20 hours um, a week. So it was worth working more. Um, and then the school had a nominal, very small public interest law fund um, stipend that they gave students doing public interest work. And then my second summer, fortunately at Hatzel Stormer um, was paid.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, Yeah, I, again, I ended, as I said before, I ended up doing a clinical externship, so I received academic credit, I had to pay, but um, fortunately for for me, that summer experience led into a paying part-time job during the school year, and I kept that position, and that's what I did my second year. I think, again, Times have dramatically changed since definitely when I was in law school in the early 1980s, and I think for much of our panelists here today, is that many schools, not all, um, uh, as Fabian said, it's not perfect, but many schools do provide some sort of public interest funding. Obviously, it's different, I think, for um, state or city uh, universities, law schools affiliated with public universities um, have a more limited budget about what they can provide. Um, private universities, more often than not, um, again, I'm more familiar with the law schools here on the East Coast, why. Columbia, Cornell, Harvard, Yale, they guarantee funding for their their students who want to do that and tapping into the endowments that they have. So there is a difference, and I guess that influences in case there's any pre-law students um, 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 out there or college students who are are considering law school, um, you know, what uh, uh, in choosing the institution that you want to enroll in, you know, what type of funding uh, support would be available for you. So, I'm, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here um, and take on a question. Um, there, I'm going to uh, what is it? I'm going to talk. I'm going to ask our panelists about imposter syndrome. And um, uh, did you have any experiences with that during, you know, back in law school during your summer internships, uh, working uh, those initial times? And if so, how did you deal with it? Um, um, and and in fact, you know, do you still encounter or have feelings such uh, about like you know um, um, imposter syndrome? And and today, in after many years of practice, so uh, uh, Fabian, I'm going to start with you again this time.
4: Sure. I mean, I think part of it is for me was I should not have gone to law school when I did. I think I should have delayed going to law school because I think it only it was a year gap between undergrad and law school. And I think uh, going what I felt straight for me was a little bit of a a different cultural and and legal impact in terms of how I felt. And yeah, I felt as a little bit of an imposter, I think a little bit my first year, but um. But there's always these experiences that, that, for me, feel like, you know, you feel like a little bit imposter. Do you know? Do you not know? But then, I think for me, I've built tools throughout ten plus years of working to know how to deal with it and know how to gain from it. I think for me, what it has become is not so much more of an imposter, but it's just the idea of um, whenever you start a new job or a new thing, you have you have to tell yourself it's going to take six months before you start really ramping up and getting into a stride. And it's just because it's a new system. It's a new way of working. It's a new environment to culture. Um, and also uh, there's very different players. Um, I think working the West Coast is radically different from working in Detroit in the Eastern District of Michigan in many ways. The, the way that um, for some people who come from backgrounds that are not common here, for example, if you're a Chicano, uh, Latin, a, Latin X, like you are going to be considered, for example, in this court, you will typically be considered from the beginning to be an interpreter or to be a defendant. And that is just the way it works. And you got to fight for your space here in many ways. And that is not does ha- not have to do with being an imposter or the imposter syndrome. But it doesn't help with that feedback loop that you have to always be in these spaces that maybe you wouldn't encounter in some spaces in the West Coast or the East Coast. But for me, it's just, I'm just at a point for the last, for many years that I I know who I am and I know how to deal with it and I know how to move forward and know how to address it. But I mean, also I think a little bit is, as Marisa and Irina have talked about, is the spaces and the people that you surround yourself with and who they are, that helps you kind of get through in many ways, both in your in your job, your office, and those environments that, that you're in in and out of court or whatever it is in your own office. Thank you, Fabian. Arena, your
1: thoughts.
3: I um, it, you know it's it, I, I really appreciate Fabian's point on um, knowing who you are and taking your space and that giving yourself time, kind of normalizing the feelings. And I I I find that really important. I absolutely dealt with that in law school, and I think deal with that to this day in some ways. Um, And it's, I think it's an active process to try and fight imposter syndrome, Um, in part because I think the professions, the work is hard that we do, and it's easy to look around and think that it seems easier for other people. Or when something is difficult for us, it's easy to fall into thinking that there's something wrong with you for the fact that it is difficult, other than the work is just actually difficult, and it takes some effort and some time to learn what you're doing and the things you're doing are important and new. Um, And I think some folks convey either because of insecurity or because it is easier for them. uh, an appearance that it that they're not going through what you're going through. Um, that's really really common in law school, and I find that that can happen in the in practice as well. Um, so I, I think fundamentally the most important thing for me has been to have have that community and that space and people who are very honest with me um, and can kind of check me when I start to lose myself in some of that like insecurity and anxiety. Um, I used to think that it was humble to say, I don't know nothing about nothing. And I had a really great mentor and professor who said, you're actually doing a disservice to the people you want to help when you have that kind of fake humility that's rooted in insecurity. Um, and what you have to do is just work hard and trust yourself that you are the person that these folks are looking to to help guide them um, and give them information, not guide them to answers because they'll make those choices themselves, but to give people information. And it takes a level of working on yourself and acknowledging that imposter syndrome can happen. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. You don't have to beat yourself up for feeling this way, but to build a community around you that can help you and and, um, remind you that you've worked hard to get here and you are here because you can do what you're doing. Um, No one is born to be a lawyer. No one is born knowing how to practice people work hard to get there. It just looks different for for different people. And you never know what's going on in people's heads. I have a really good friend who constantly gets told that he seems like the coolest, most calm person ever, but, um, you know, his hair is on fire on the inside all the time, just like mine. And so, you know, you just do your best and um, surround yourself with people who can help build you up. But um, if you're putting in the work, you can trust yourself that the, the imposter syndrome is is just like a demon that you have to kind of acknowledge and fight.
1: Yeah. Um, anything that I would reiterate is be true to yourself. Know who, uh, again, Fabian's point, um, um, uh, know who you are. Don't be Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. So uh, Marisa, what, your thoughts.
2: I mean, I would just co-sign on everything that's already been shared. Um, and being wholly transparent, imposter syndrome, I feel I felt it too and I come from a family of lawyers. So you would think, oh, you know, you have a leg up, you grew you grew up with this, you know what's up and it, that it kind of doesn't go away. Um, I think it was just one of the best pieces of advice I got from a professor in law school who's still a friend. He said, you really get to like five years out for most people and that's when like you realize you're comfortable with what you don't know and saying, this is what I know and this is what I don't know. Um, and let me tell you when that actually, happens it's a good feeling but I will say my run up until reaching that mental point was sort of that hair on fire everything was like oh my god I don't know the answer and this is gonna be the worst thing ever if I don't know the answer and if I can't get the answer right and it constantly felt like that and as folks may know you'll feel very exhausted by that very quickly um and just also realizing you just you just have to do your best like knowing yourself you're doing your darnest to to do the best. You're putting in the work and just relying on that. And sometimes you you mess it up. In my second court appearance, um, I called the judge mom, and that was <laughs> like you think I'll never recover from that. But you're fine. It's fine. You just grow more confident in 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 what you know. And and I have to remind myself that even now, because when I am on calls and what I do, it's you know with our You know, our Solicitor General for California, I'm on calls with like the other folks and solicitor generals of other states attorneys general, these super, super smarty people. And I have to remind myself, you know what, I am on this same call and I work just as hard and I'm here. And if I don't know something, it's okay to say, you know what, I'm not sure. That's a good point, or whatever it is. But don't feel embarrassed about that and remind yourself, like you have a seat at the table as well, and you've worked very hard for that. And Sometimes that makes you feel really good. Sometimes that's not enough to sort of self-soothe, but just like in your core, remember that and being surrounded by people that can also be your cheerleaders for that on the days when you're like, man, I don't think I got it right. Or maybe I I didn't try my hardest. Having folks to remind you of that, you know, I think is helpful. And I, you know, God willing, your practice is is long um, and, you know, to have that support.
1: Thank you. Very Very insightful. So I had the opportunity to speak earlier this week to um, Latino justice we have a uh, called class corporate law firm alliance summer program. So in addition, to public interest, we trying to enter uh, build pathways and pipelines on in, into the private sector. And again, um, so we had all these first year students or they now rising two L students, uh, beginning ready to begin their corporate or law firm summer experience. And again, um, words that I that I spoke that evening stand come to my mind is again that you know we all as lawyers and you all as law students are privileged. You know, you yes, you're all smart. You got where you are. A lot of hard work um, 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 there, but you know, we're we're fortunate. We're 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 privileged, and so use that privilege. Use those spaces wherever you go, wherever you're working. Be true to your authentic self, right? And and ask those questions or push the envelope. um, um you know, um, you know, why can't we do this? Or why can we host this? Or what you know, try you know don't hesitate I know particularly after you just finished your first year you may be a bit hesitant and you want to get that comfort level but again um, I always tell people know who you are and know where you come from and you know if that's your if that's your if that's your compass um, I think you'll have a good foundation in moving forward so I wanted to kind of um, switch again a little bit to um, um, uh, whether any of our panelists you know did after their first year or balancing their summers did they do moot court did you all do like you know writing com- uh, writing competition for law review or journals and if so like how did you balance that like where did that fit in in terms of your summer experiences so marisa i'm going to start with you this time
2: oh i can keep it short i did none of the above so okay. balancing was super easy <laughs>
1: Okay. See, I couldn't look that far back at people's backgrounds, what they, you know, might have done back in law school, but Irina, how about you?
3: Um, so I really did not want to do law review um, or any of those things because because, but I was um, part of a new school, UCI just started, I was part of the first class at UCI, and so uh, we needed people power to do things, so the way that I was um, asked to be on law review was I was promised to get to work on the race and the law issue, Um, and so it was easier to balance things because I was getting to kind of do the things that are a stamp in your passport of like these predetermined markers of merit in law school Mm -hmm. that we can talk for a whole other webinar for hours and days about um, and whether they're meaningful. But uh, I was able to do that and kind of get the little checkbox and the experience of it bettering my writing and my site checking um, by doing something that I cared about. So it was a lot easier to balance. Um, And I did that in my third year because I tried to push that off as much as possible. But instead of that, um, instead of law review and moot court and those types of things, what I focused on in law school and that balance was uh, kind of more of a balancing effort was um, we started a student organization that was uh, meant to be kind of an umbrella organization for various affinity groups. Because we were so small, we were only 60 people. Um, So we started an organization that created a school newspaper. Um, to be a space for discourse and dissent and to kind of be the other option for writing and uh, publishing for students who didn't want to write for a law review but wanted to write about topics related to race and social justice and things like that um and that actually remains a school paper to the to this day which we thought was kind of cool to have a paper rooted in social justice to be the school paper um and did other kind of programming and events for students who wanted to do something in their first and second year other than the like Black letter law courses um, to fill in and supplement some of the real life, personalist, political, politicalist, personal things that we don't get to do in the classroom so many times in law school. Um, So that was my moot court, my law review for most of my time in law school. (laughs) But um, balancing is hard. Uh, Do the best you can in your classes, but enjoy law school. It's, It's a long and arduous process and the happier you are, the better you perform and the better lawyer and advocate you can be for others.
4: Good. Fabian, did you have? Yeah, please. Yeah. So then I didn't do mood court. Uh, I didn't do the flagship law review. I did um, uh, one of the I was one of the staff members of another law journal and a Denny journal. Um, I did that. I think I was happiest when I was working or or, or meeting with Juvies, uh, with kids, at juvenile hall in Sylmar at Barry Jane, uh part of the, the student run clinic. I think that's when I was really happiest, meeting with them, talking to them, and seeing what I could do to help them out. Um, You know, aside from that, the other major thing was I was a research assistant for a professor, and, you know, I was just busy doing that. But yeah, it was hard balancing things out. But I think the the happiness that I derived from going out to juvie and talking to them is what kind of fueled the, the crappy side of law school and helped me get through it.
2: I would uh, uh just add sorry may I realize I made myself sound like a slacker um, I did do some activities but I would say um other activ or ideas for exploration that I think um are helpful beyond your law school as well I was a student representative for the American Bar Association um, and usually the nice thing about that, here's a nice plug and ask, is that your school pay for you to go to the conferences, which one is great, you get to meet people from, you know, all over which is very, very cool, um, you get like a free trip to someplace somewhat interesting so you should look into doing that um also probably looks a little bit nice on your resume um but then there are other um obviously like studies number one and now I have to put on like Marisa's employer um hat which is like yes like studying hard and doing well in your grades you know do are probably most paramount um when thinking you know I'm looking at resumes and stuff so that always number one but when balancing the rest of those activities like um Adina was saying and Fabian too, like finding the things that bring you joy. I did a workers' rights clinic and that was, made me very, very happy, but it also connected me because worker rights is what I do. And like also prospectively thinking like what brought you to law school and then where you're going, because so many of the people that I met and worked with doing that clinic over the course of law school are my colleagues now and have been really instrumental in, um, you know, forming those professional relationships down the line and it just so happens right is the thing that that brought me joy is working with low wage workers it's what I do now so you know thinking about that as well. Um, And then I will also say again, because I'm such a bar association person. There are others like Hispanic National Bar Association. Um, that they do conferences, there's usually scholarships for students to um, attend, there's all different identity um, or bar associations, but in many of those instances, there's scholarships to attend, sometimes, you know, ask your school, the worst they can say is no, to help you attend those, and it's a really great way, again, to expand your network beyond sort of the bubble that you have um, in whatever, you, you know, city you are, law school you're in.
1: Thank you. So um, my next question for our panel is, again, and Fabian, Fabian, you alluded to this earlier about like, again, that you actually um, have uh, a summer public, uh, summer interns, but uh, again, lacking the financial budgetary capacity to pay them. So I'd like each of our panelists to go through one, um, do you currently hire um, summer league and work with summer legal interns? What is your office's uh, like recruitment process? And in fact, um, uh, you know, do you all, um, uh, or at least Fabian, we know already, and I'll talk about my organization in a bit, but Irina, Marissa, I guess, you know, with the with the California Department of Justice, do you provide like stipends? How do you recruit? Um, what's the process for your office? So Irina, uh, Marisa? Or do you have, again, because you're in different bureaus, do, do bureaus sure. do their own respective hot summer hiring?
2: Sure. So what I would say, if anybody's interested in the California Department of Justice, generally, there is a page. Um, it's a student page, and it has opportunities and they're listed by section. So I would encourage you to look there because they are targeted by a particular section, and each section has their own hiring processes and timelines. For where I am, the Worker Rights and Fair Labor Section, I do run our uh, um, internship program. So we will occasionally hire during the academic year. We do hire for summers, we take a very small class um, and for Los Angeles, Oakland or San Diego. And we typically try to hire for that in the, um, the late fall um, to fill those positions. So it's a bit on the earlier side. And unfortunately, um, Cal DOJ does not offer uh, paid positions um, but often students may do um, those externships for school credit during the academic year. Um, and there's also post uh, graduate fellowship positions; those can be paid. But there's more information on the Cal DOJ website. Okay.
1: And 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 could you also add what do interns do, like in your bureau? Like what do you have them typically doing? What is their day to day like?
2: Um, just really briefly, for ours, we really focus um on research and writing, so a lot of discrete um uh, research um. That's done um, preparing memoranda for our, our deputy attorneys general. Um, but we really just try to have our law clerks uh, be a part as much as possible. So sit in on meetings to the extent we have hearings, just so you have that holistic um, view. But it's also assisting a lot in our investigative discovery process, which is a lot like civil discovery. So, um, but very research and, and writing heavy for, for our section.
1: Good To know. Irina, what about um, within is you are in uh, the civil rights enforcement section. So, how, do, you, how does your office recruit and what do you have your summer interns do?
3: We do recruit. I work with a team of other deputies, attorney general, that um, do the interview process so we get to sometimes participate in the law school uh, fairs in California the southern california law schools have um, a fair that happens at UCLA and i believe the northern california one is out of davis so we we we've interviewed folks through that those programs we also post pretty widely and um you know similar to what Marisa said described we have our positions posted on the attorney general's website um we I think this past year we were trying to hire um, around like January, February, I think the goal is always to hire as early as possible because folks um, want to know where they're going to be as early as possible and the most competitive applicants apply early. Um, so to the extent that you can apply early to jobs and are ready to do so do it. But um, the day to day similar to what Marisa described we, uh, I, I think our goal is to have the interns experience what it is like to be a deputy attorney general. And so whatever opportunities we have at the time, um, we have them participate in. Of course, it is research and writing heavy. Um, One thing that I really like that our section does is uh, one of the attorneys matches interns up with other uh, deputy attorneys general that want to mentor. And so we've got weekly calls set up with folks where um, we just talk about whatever they want to talk about, kind of explain our journeys and things like that to, you know, your summers are really an opportunity to uh, get as much information as possible and be a sponge and both learn the like fundamental skills, but also just learn about the profession because there's so many ways to lawyer and to social justice lawyer. And so it's a really cool opportunity to talk to, to, to attorneys who've been practicing for varying amounts of time.
1: Yeah, so Fabian, before I go to you, two things that I want, two points that uh, Irina made. So here in New York, and I know many of the Northeast, again, my my familiarity being based here in New York, is that um, there are uh, many of the law schools host these uh, uh, consortiums, public interest job fairs, in which many government, law enforcement, public interest, nonprofit um, um, uh, agencies and entities recruit. Here in New York, that public interest job fair is typically the first Thursday and Friday of February. Um, which uh, in my experience, um, I Latino justice typically participates in that job fair, but whether we're going to be doing interviews and hiring at the job fair depends when we, because sometimes in in more recent years, we begin receiving applications, particularly from those that are already in their second year, they start applying in the fall for summer positions. Folks who know what they want to do already um, begin that process there. For one else, you may not know, schools sometimes say, "No, your school may advise you, and I think incorrectly, to wait for those public interest job fairs. That's a great opportunity to meet prospective employers and placements, but depends for certain organizations, um, they may not be hiring. So last few years, I've done what's called table talk. You um, sit at a table or now virtually I do have a screen, but in the old days, we used to go in person, right, and sit at a table and answer questions and take resumes about what interns do. So that's the other thing. And you said uh, something else, mentorship. I'm going to Come back to that um, after Fabian provides us with his insights on what the Federal Public
4: Defender, um, how do
1: you all hire and what do you have your interns do?
4: Sure, so then uh, in our office there are two people who are in charge of the hiring and the summer internship program. Uh, they organize brown bags throughout the summer, meaning that these brown bags are essentially almost presentations by both people in our office and the court or the United States Attorney's office, it's all done jointly. Um, And it's to provide interns on all those three spaces, kind of some insight into how federal process works, criminal process. Our office, we hire typically about four or five legal summer interns, but we also have two master degree social worker interns uh, who work for a whole year and get academic credit as placement. I would say that the focus is on interns doing research and writing for multiple projects, emotional suppress, sentencing, so other guilt or other sentencing issues. In terms of them going to court, they can always shadow. In terms of doing, them doing anything in court, the only thing that I could see an intern doing in court would be on what's called ticket duty, first week, first Wednesday of the month, where we get about 50 to 60 people who have been told come to court because you got a citation. Could be a misdemeanor, could be a felony, And because of the local ruin or district, we can then move to have them admitted just for that specific action that morning at ticket duty and one of us as a deputy will supervise them. When that happens, but it's very limited circumstances, they are not going to be doing a lot of. um, work in the field going with me to talk to people, it really is a lot of the home basis research and writing and client meetings here Um, and then their experience in terms of the projects. Will, and um, their supervisor, really the supervisor is whoever gives you a project for that specific case. You can be on five or six different cases throughout the summer. It just depends on the need and each person might have a different way of doing things. I will say that some people, including um, myself, if you work on a project with me, you're going to go through the grind of the research and writing because it's very hands-on, other people might not. It just depends on who the person is that you're doing the project with.
1: Well, thank you uh, for that. So similarly, um, again, I, I think for the most part right after rising to wells your first after your first year those summers it's going to be heavy heavily intensive researching and writing fact investigation maybe witness interviews assisting shadowing um, I recall in uh, my my internship turned job part-time job at the corp council uh, by staying on they had a student practice order um, and it was but for for like third year senior law students but then I got to take that as I could practice I could go to court argue discovery and inspection and more procedural motions, not not mainly substantive things, but more procedural. But again, it was just like, um, and doing depositions and hearings, um, uh, municipal hearings. And so that was just like, you know, really learning the practice of law, which back in my day, law schools did not necessarily have a, a very heavy curriculum focus. I think law schools have changed over the years and you do learn more substantive practice and procedure. Um, um, So for Latino justice, again, uh, as I mentioned, we do this. um, Interns, we do not um, assign them to specific attorneys in terms of, you know, we have pillars or areas of priorities. And so we do ask students what their preferences are. Is it policing and prison? Is it voting rights? Is it economic justice, education, workers' rights? Is it um, uh, given our history as the founding of the Puerto Rican Legal Defense and Education Fund, or is it issues relating to Puerto Rico um, of interest. So we kind of, you know, g- try to gauge interest, but ultimately it's the needs of the office and the attorneys, like again, what projects they work with um, and, ha- and and that they're able to do. Um some things we also do, and again, I'm gonna ask the panel this like um and and, and Fabian, I think I don't know as a public defender, you get your assigned to I'm assuming clients or cases, but Irina and and, and and Marisa, I don't know if with your agencies, you do what's called intakes. You get calls or complaints, like who in like who interviews. We get, as a nonprofit, I mean, I have a receptionist and I have senior paralegals who handle what I call the intakes. I give those to interns. So they have an opportunity to interview um, people who are contacting us with the legal civil rights issue, who are trying to you know, seek legal assistance or get guidance. And I have them under the supervision of either myself or one of the other senior lawyers Kind of interview, determine what the facts are. What are the issues? Are there other le- civil rights violations? Um, if so, what are the potential remedies? Um, and. Um, and, and is it systemic as, again, as a civil rights legal defense fund, once civil rights may be violated, but we look for, again, more big picture, holistic, um, if we're going to take on something for, for investigation and or um, to bring some type of civil enforcement action. So is it systemic? Um, and so we do that. And the other thing that we do that Irina mentioned that about having attorneys or uh, as mentors, we incorporated that a few years ago. So during the summer, because it's full-time, you have the opportunity to work with a, a number of lawyers and different things, but we assign you a specific attorney mentor and and I try to carefully match. Sometimes I have lawyers, if they're from the same school, that'll be the match or they have a similar geographic background. I try to match up interests and that that person is more of an informal interest. You know, if we hired you for the summer, we are investing in you. We want to help develop your skills, uh, your skill sets and help build that foundation um, uh, to to succeed in your uh, professional legal career. So this is more of an informal Ad hoc, and we ask that they meet on a biweekly basis, just to you know, ask any questions career guidance, what should I do next semester, what classes, what types of positions I can do, and the feedback that I've gotten from the students, they greatly enjoy those mentorship programs, um, or that mentoring, that one-on-one in a more informal basis. So again, I want to just quickly go back to Irina. Marisa, do you all, like, how do you handle intakes? Do you have, like, your summer interns do that, um, and 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 anything, and talk, and anything about, like, mentoring, like, how you do that, or, you know, how did, how did you, did you seek back when you were in law school, I guess as well. Open-ended question, throwing in the kitchen sink. Uh, Marisa, start with you.
2: Sure, so given the nature of our work, uh, we don't have um, we don't have intake, we don't have clients um, for the work that we do. So to the extent that we um, work with members of the public outside of the department, um, there are witnesses and um, there's not too many opportunities, I think, for some of our, um, our, our interns to work directly with witnesses. Usually, that's something that the attorneys will do. Um, but certainly, if there's a, are those opportunities, we have the law students um sit in just to, to see what um, that is like. Um, and then, I guess, to your question, in terms of mentorship, it's something that's been very instrumental in my career. Um, it's been so helpful to me, which is why I'm doing this panel um, and giving back as well. Um, you know, I think it's very helpful to importantly like share what um, has worked for you and your wins, but also I think sharing with folks uh, where things did not work out, um, where you tried and you failed, because um, that's going to happen a lot um, in your practice, and I and that's okay. Um, I think that an important thing to remember. Um, and something that I'll share across for like everything that you do, especially for clinical work, for volunteer, what you do this summer. Um, It's important to know what you like. Just as important, it's important to know what you don't like doing. If there are particular facets of practice that you're like, you know what, that's not for me. Um, That that happened after my second um, summer. Um, It was very immigration focused. And I was like, this is wonderful, compelling work. But immigration, that is not for me. And I'm really good with that decision. And that was really important and formulative in my career because I think people talk about like doing what you love and what you like to do. It's okay to have gone to certain classes, volunteered for a clinic, whatever it is, and said, you know what, I got something out of it. But in long term, that's not for me. Whether that's working directly with clients, whether it's doing something that's like very um. Like motion or writing heavy. I love legal writing. I will meet law students who are like, I'd rather set myself on fire. (laughs) Having that um, knowledge about yourself and what your strengths are or where you want to develop is really important too. So I think also just like finding folks that encourage you to be the best version of yourself, but also will, I think, encourage some of that self-introspection of like maybe that's not for me or maybe you know what like I didn't think it was but like here I am just like really enjoying it it's enhancing my practice but um again I say this like and tell myself this every morning like god willing your practice is long I've had a number of jobs don't think like the one thing that you do it has to be that thing um that's okay too there's going to be a lot of opportunities for you to employ your skills and develop your skills um and you do that by surrounding yourself with people who are gonna support you. And then not just like folks that are around like your peer level, that's really important day to day, but also having folks that are some years into practice that can give you the benefit of their own experience um, and also be what I call less like mentors and more like sponsors. You wanna also, Along the way, develop those relationships where people are speaking your names in rooms for decision making about hiring, or you know, or can be those decision makers, right? Um, and ultimately, hopefully, you cultivate like yourself in your practice to be that person, then to make the call for someone else. But um, you know, it takes work, and the most important thing, um, and then I'm going to stop talking for good. Is just like work really hard this summer and be really kind because like those are things will speak volumes. I think Arena said it, like this community is small, like your reputation is starting now and um, and it's gonna follow you. So if it, you're someone that works hard and it's just like a decent person, that speak volumes and, and it goes a long way.
1: Yeah, no, excellent point. And th- that word reputation, in this business, the legal practice, a lawyer's reputation is everything. You wanna be known as hardworking, smart, fair, compassionate. You got to know the strengths of your case, your arguments, the work that you're doing. Um, Lawyers talk, judges talk. So again, um, you know, it's it's a very small world out there. And so again, your reputation. Um, And just again, some other advice, what to do over the summer. Don't um, necessarily be passive. I mean, seek out ask, I think, and the panelists mentioned this earlier, like asking questions, don't be hesitate, S- seek out assignments. <laughs> when I do, I do a mix of things. Some, some things like uh, my, my staff lawyers give me, these are the projects they have, I try to assign them, but things come up over the course of the summer. Some things I try to target if I know a student has a particular interest, or if um, it's related to a prior research assignment, some things are open-ended. I say, I have, this lawyer has this project they need, assistance, who's available, who's interested. You know, again, so I like students who like, you know, kind of, you know, get out of their comfort zone, step out of, you know, step step outside the box, think creatively, engage, try to propose different solutions, answers. I like students, I like students who show creativity in their work and are ambitious and hardworking. Um, Again, I, and I say this um, again, because we have high school and college student interns as well. So I'm not a babysitter. You know, I watch out more for the, high school and college students because they're still like developing law students you know I expect a lot more that you're all professionals and I'm not babysitting I'm not running after you I like when folks come you know are proactive in in seeking out assistance or guidance so take advantage of of that so Irina um, I I wanted to uh, Pass pass that on. I guess we were talking about mentoring, which you mentioned earlier. And what if you know? How did you do that back in law school? Did you seek mentors? How did that and along the way on your your professional career journey?
3: Mentors are super super important to me. I um, I made the decision to go straight through from undergrad to law school, Um, but I was the first in my family to go to college in this country, uh, much less law school. So I did not know a single lawyer um, up until probably starting law school or right about then. Mm -hmm. And um, I was competing with folks who had done many things between undergrad and law school. And I was really worried that I wouldn't be able to get a job. Um, So really developing relationships with my professors. um, I remember walking into a classroom and my legal writing professor asked if somebody from the ACLU had called me. And I'm like, no, why would they have called me? It's like, oh, I mentioned them. I mentioned you to them. And that was such a foreign concept for me. I I didn't have the resources to have someone pick up the phone for me. But developing those relationships with my professors during the year, and and they're not rooted in just being self-serving, they're rooted in truth. Like I I wanted relationships with these professors and they grew to know me um, and respect me and they wanted to create space for me. So like Marisa said, there's there's sponsors, right? You want people who are in spaces to create space for you. And that's what you need to do for folks um coming after you um but in addition to professors and colleagues and, and and colleagues can absolutely be sponsors for you because um i was able to get a job for one of my friends for their second summer for who i worked um he didn't have to interview because i was like hey this guy is really smart and he really wants to work here and they're like great have him send an application and they offered him an internship um and it was i worked hard they trusted he would too and so you have to really, really focus on kind of know your people and be kind to everyone, um, whether it's self-serving or just because you should be that way anyway. But the other thing I wanted to go back to related to this is the those law school fairs and consortiums. Just if you get a job before the fair, don't think that you can't go. Um, or even if you, you know, you're gonna work in a private firm for a summer because you need to make money, that's fine. Or you found a really cool opportunity that you like better, but if those fairs are happening and you want to get to know the public interest community, go. Both of my summers, I had a job before those, the UCLA law school fair, and I went to the fair. And I talked to folks at the tables and um, got to know employers because I knew that eventually there wasn't going to be a kind of a red carpet paved path for me to get a postgraduate job. That was going to be a lot harder um, in public interest. And um, a lot of what I was able to do was because of the books I met at those law school fairs, even though I wasn't interviewing with anyone. The last thing I wanted to add about our internships and kind of the conversations we've been having about where you work. Um, we didn't talk, I don't think we talked as much about writing samples. So yes, you wanna get skills out of your summers, but you really need to work to get a writing sample, if at all possible, because you're going to need it for that next application. And so much of law school until you name first or second post-grad job is just the next application. Um, And so some jobs, it's really simple to get a, a writing opportunity and have a writing sample. In others, you have to be more creative. At my last job, a lot of what we had interns do Um, It was also a government agency, a lot of it was confidential and you couldn't just take what you wrote and use it as a writing sample. So what we would do is we would work with the students if they had a particular research project that was interesting to them that was related to work that our agency did. Then we would uh, look at that. You know, there's there's often going to be a research issue that oh, if we had time, we would research this and see if there's something we can do about the civil rights issue. But you never have time, and the summers are a really great opportunity for hungry law students to kind of come and say, hey, I've been thinking about this. I would love to write something on this. Is there a way that I can make it useful to your organization and and work with some attorney to mentor me and guide me on this research memo or um, you know a brief or whatever it is that you're able to put together. But you really do have to be hungry for opportunities, and I think most most people in public interest spaces want to mentor you, but you need to want to receive mentorship, and you need to demonstrate that you want to receive mentorship. And I don't think that's easy. I think it's hard to put yourself out there sometimes, and I come from a space where from a culture where selling yourself and hyping yourself up does not come naturally to me. I am insecure, and the idea of having to go network makes me want to set myself on fire. Um, But you go, (laughs) and you have to meet people, because not only will other people create space for you, but you have to be in a space um, and, and take space as respectfully and forcefully as you can, because opportunities don't fall into your lap. Um, you have to kind of foster, foster them in all ways at once. But I'll stop. <laughs>
1: there you go. Thank you, Arena. No, and I, I hear like so many parallels. I think we have so many shared experiences amongst the panelists. I am again, son of immigrants, first gen. Had no clue about lawyers. My grandfather was a lawyer back in the Dominican Republic, but that didn't really help me, because um, my grandmother had left him, and when she took my mom here in the late '40s um, to come for a better life in, in New York in the U.S. So again, navigating, figuring out, um, you know, trying to get. Um, um, uh, perspectives, mentors, um, guidance. Fabian, um, uh, again, throwing it back to you on the mentorship question, like again, through law school in, in your in your summer program, um, uh, words, words of wisdom.
4: Well, I don't know they words of wisdom, but they're words. And so then um, I think for me, it was a little bit of a thinking about just hearing everyone talk. You know, I so I came to this country without status. You know, I was one of those trafficked in in the 80s, and was separated from my parents for a while. And was without status for many years. So for me, that has kind of influenced a little bit of how I think about mentorships or relationships. You know, I come from a family that parents didn't finish grade school, only did a few years. And so it's been kind of a little bit of trying to explain to parents what every single step means in my life. But to also know that I used to be in Southern California. So that's how I know some of these folks on the panel, uh, same law school, and then moved to the Bay, had to restart some of those social relationships outside of, of family. And right now, I, I mean, I, I moved to Michigan. I have no family. I'm just, it's just me here in, in the state of Michigan. And I've had to reestablish and create those relationships and those friendships, both academically, well, take it back, not really academically. What I mean is legally and the legal aspect in court you appear before judges often? I would say that um, in every single stage, there's been someone who has been involved to provide guidance. Uh, there was the guidance that was provided in applying to law school through this organization, FPLC. There was a guidance in law school with Professor Jerry Lopez, uh, Dan Olmos, at, at who is now a practitioner in the Northern California. And so in every single space, there's been someone who has at least helped guide me in some ways when I have questions, and I don't know what's happening. But I think um, the biggest thing here is, is got to ask and you gotta got to say what you need. And for me, my biggest thing is if you're a summer intern is tell me what in an ideal world you would like to do and what is it that you need from the get so I know how best help you get to where you need to get because I don't know you, quite frankly. I don't know you and I wanna help in any way possible. My role and my responsibility is I have to be invested in this with you because I just don't want you to think that I'm just here to like, exploit you for your legal research and writing. Like There's more to this. But also to know that um, there are others that um, might want some guidance or might not know how to ask and try to figure out how to provide it if needed. But I think just you know in every single kind of chapter in my life has been just a new space kind of or a new uh, thought process and again I've been here in Detroit for almost five years I'm happiest in the streets with my clients who are all going through some tough times much more happier than I am in court but I know my job is to be in court and advocate for them and my job is to also find ways to be the best person that I can be for them and for me as someone where some of you might end up moving to a new place where you have nobody like i did you just got to develop those relationships both personal and professional and see how to uh, make it your space in a new physical space
0: well sir if, if i may jump in uh we have a few minutes left before the end yeah, that moderate,
1: uh, i guess uh, a program host prerogative yes sir <laughs>
0: And I want to include you in this question Jose as well. Well, first of all, thank you to all of you. I mean, just for imparting your, it is wisdom Fabian uh, and and your words of encouragement to our students. Uh, I'll end with this. It's one of the questions that I love to ask because especially for pre-law students and I try to think back in those times. Uh, I'll start with you Marisa. If you you have the ability to transport yourself back and speak to Marisa, either pre-law or at the cusp of starting her first summer position, what would you advise her? What would you be your the the, the best pieces of advice you would impart on her?
2: Oi, that's a great question. Um, I I would just say just continue to um. Man, I don't know. I I gotta say I'm be perfectly honest. I, I really felt like I did everything that I wanted to do going into law school, so I feel very lucky in that, but I will say maybe the pieces of advice I'd give, especially for my um, myself is there were a few classes where I was hesitant to take those classes just based on who I knew took them. Um, so like I took federal courts and advanced civil procedure, but there was like admin law and others where it was like, oh, that's like the law review crowd, that's not for me. And for those that I was sort of like a wobbler on those, I really wish I could go back to say, just take it. It's important to my practice now, but like I regret it. So those are probably my regrets. Just do it because you don't go have the opportunity to, to go back and to to do those things. Um, that's probably it, but just, yeah. Well,
0: oh, thank you. Fabian, same question. If you can go back and speak to, your, to a younger Fabian, the Fabian I knew, or I first met. Uh, uh, so there's well, what, what advice would you give to that to Fabian
4: I think the, the two things I would say is one take care more of your physical and mental health mm. during law school
0: mm. uh,
4: it's always going to be a grind you're always going to put in so many hours but you got to take care more of your physical and mental health especially your physical health because this is kind of we need all of us we need all of you for the long haul and I think, um, speaking for myself and other people that went to law school with, I just don't think we did it in the most healthiest way to cope through law school, but also didn't do enough to take care of our physical health. Secondly, um, I would say, feel more comfortable in your brown skin, in your own skin, and who you are, and give less Fs about what you think others might think of you and be who you are from the beginning. And don't feel that you have to have, you know, a mask during many periods of time when you're starting to get set up before you can feel comfortable as to who you are. It took me, I would say, I I don't think I was really comfortable with who I was as as a law student attorney until I got to the state agency where the first day I got there, I was told, and it's 15 year history, you're the first male attorney of color ever hired. And I felt pressure, but at the same time I said, all right, now I, now I really have to be who I am because I'm not here to represent what they think I should be. And now I am who I am and that's not gonna change and I'm happy with it. But I think those are the two main things I would say.
0: Irina, speak to uh, you can uh, impart words of wisdom to a younger, uh, younger Irina. What, what would they be?
3: I think first I would echo Fabian and say, take care of your physical and mental health. Um, It's just law school (laughs) Um, and we get put so much more weight on it. Um, And to also think of your, like be there for your family when you want to be. Um, So many times we make choices to stay in our, at our desks studying, but we're not really there because mentally we're somewhere else. And so I think it's being present when you're studying, study, when you're working, work, when you're with your family, be with your family. Um, And the other piece, I I think it would just be that you belong, right? Just you got there, they didn't make a mistake. (laughs) Um, And I, I think to the key for summer internships and everything else we do is there are people who are paid to say no to you, don't do their job for free for them. You have to ask for opportunities, take space, apply to things. The worst that can happen is they'll say no. It's way, way, way suckier to regret not applying for something or putting yourself out there.
0: Excellent, Jose. So I'm trying to think speak, back speak, when speak, I had speak, to speak, like yeah, band. speak to a speak to a younger Jose. Um, what would you tell him?
1: Yeah. Don't accept things the way they are because that's the way that they've always been done. You know, it's easy. And I know I say this now, like ask questions, challenge, be who you'll be, your authentic self, kind of all these words of wisdom. You know, I had a hard time like struggling and I did like, again, this imposter syndrome, did I belong? Was I there? I then went from like, you know, did a 180 and then like wanting to change everything and, and pushing and, you know, getting a lot of pushback. Uh, so don't accept things the way they are just because that's the way it's always been. Don't, you know, don't take no for an answer. Be persistent, you know, um, seek guidance and assistance. Go talk to your professors, your, your public or just your supervisor or, or somebody, uh, uh, an administrator at your placement. Talk to them, engage with them. Um, again, I think, you know, you'll get what you put into it. I think, you know, again, I was busy learning, doing, running around, doing all these different things, and I didn't really take time to stop, think. Um, and do that. And and again, the words, I think, again, a lot different back then, like taking care of yourself, there was no public acknowledgement that, you know, one's mental health, one's physical health, it's like you had to grin and bear it. You know, if you need assistance, you need support, uh, you you need to vocalize, you need to ask for it. And, and you should not be afraid or hesitant to do so, so.
0: Well, thanks to all of you for participating on this important panel. And um, frankly, I, I wish I would have listened to something like this when I was in law school and first at the nascent stages of my career. I appreciate your generosity with your time. Um, And again, with your wisdom. uh, For the pre-law students or uh, law students, uh, first of all, I just wanna say for what it's worth, congratulations, Felicidades. Uh, You've accomplished a lot. You've accomplished a tremendous amount. Thank you for making the time. Uh, You're not the ones that I worry about. You're the ones that stayed on for about a two, two two and a half hours on a Saturday morning where there's so many other things you can be doing and it shows the continued tenacity and resilience and grit that you've evidenced through your entire lives, and you're going to be fine. If we could ever be of any assistance to you, please reach out to me directly at anthony at fpoc.org, or if you want to reach to out to any of the panelists, I can put you in contact with them, um, and we go from there. We're all in this together. Muchísimas gracias. Thank you very much.